You're listening to the 1208-Bit Nerd Church Podcast. Join us on Discord. Welcome to the 12 Void Bit Nerd Church Podcast. I'm Jamin. And I'm Tylar. And me, Tylar, and several other people from church just got a chance to go see A Quiet Place 2 Thursday night when it was released. Uh, and I got to say, it was nice to be back in the theaters again. Oh, it was so nice. I, I just was happy to be able to eat a huge bucket of popcorn and <laughs> uh, and and watch a movie. I mean... It literally, it could have been any movie. I feel like it would have been fine. Um, but specifically, this movie was really good. I mean, if like the unspoiler review, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, heads up, anybody listening to the podcast or just tuning in to us live on Facebook, well, there will be spoilers. It's about A Quiet Place oh, too. Yeah. So, you know, don't watch this or listen to this if... Uh, if you don't want spoilers. Uh, but yeah, I mean, John Krasinski even comes on at the beginning and says, you must be the few people who know the importance of seeing a movie in a theater. We're excited to present this to you. I was like, okay, that must have been really important to them because, you know, they put this off like a year and a half just yeah, to I mean, make sure it was shown in theaters, which it, it doesn't yep. strike me as the most like, triple a movie title to be like it has to be in theaters you know um i don't know i feel like there's it's definitely not i feel like when i watched a quiet place one at my house mm-hmm. it definitely didn't have the same experience i didn't have the same like gut-wrenching like when she when she steps on the the nail in in the first one like yeah. in theaters that literally had me want to go and throw up right then and there that did not <laughs> feel good i i did not feel that it was not pleasant uh, but at my house, like when I was watching it alone, I, it just didn't have the same impact. And I went to see it in theaters like like twice. And the second time in theaters, it still had the same impact. So it was like, I feel like there's just something to the the, the soundscape that they have in theaters, something to the, the you know, massive amounts of the, the massive amount of visual that they can have in front of you since it's a huge screen. You know, and there's just something to that that is always so much more impactful like it's like watching a star wars movie or lord of the rings on your tv like it's good but it's not the same as you know going to the theater to watch a star wars or lord of the rings movie that that's a whole different experience you know yeah i mean for me there's always been something communal about going to watch a movie at the theater and you know my wife never understands it she's like just watch it at home what's the big deal i'm like I don't think you understand. Like it's an experience. You're with a bunch of strangers. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not selling this right, I know, but it's great. And it's just great to like enjoy something together. Like I, I just saw uh me and Casey went to see a movie the other day and it played a trailer of like all the Marvel movies that are coming and all the Marvel movies that have oh. happened. And at yeah. one point it played the last Avengers movie but it showed it from the uh like from a theater camera someone was recording and the audience is freaking out i'm like that's something that you like 
that's a special moment you can't recreate just in a movie that can only be experienced in a theater. So there's something about yeah. fandom and coming together as a bunch of like, you know, crazy people who are screaming at a movie theater like it's an animate object that can hear you. You know, it's like there's something great yeah, about that. Yeah. Yeah, especially um, when it comes to like Marvel movies and stuff like that. Those are always man, yeah. I I remember the last uh Avengers movie and when like Cap grabs onto the hammer and everything, like screaming that's, at the seat That's the, the part that people were showing. Like, he's like, Avengers <laughs> assemble. And the whole place just, ah! I'm literally crying watching a trailer of people <laughs> watching a movie. It was the weirdest thing. Um, yeah. But yeah. Man. Uh, it was I would so say, nice. <laughs> yeah. And I would say a quiet place. Sorry, we're talking over each other. What are you going to do? <laughs> No, like I, like we, I think there's an audio delay on both of our ends, so we're we're starting to talk because nobody else is talking. <laughs> it's working really well for us. Uh, but I was just gonna say that, yeah, a quiet place too was like uh, a great sequel, I think, for like the series. Like I wasn't expecting. Normally, when I think sequel, I think, oh well, here we go. Like let's let's see if this one actually can become a. It, it, like become an actual good story or if we're gonna just forget about it and say no there was just a quiet place and then a quiet place too is just one of those movies you uh hear a youtuber talking about you know 20 years from now but uh no i think this one continues the story and i'm excited to see they definitely leave it open for a third movie um mm. to happen and i'm excited to see where that kind of goes and like how crazy it's gonna get because they kept it very grounded in the first two movies. And I kind of appreciated that because I'm, I'm, I'm expecting they're going to jump the shark at some point and they haven't so far. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, John Krasinski didn't plan on making a second one, but people liked the yeah. first one so much. They're like, all right. And I thought it was just real solid movie. Like when they set up like the peaks of tension, they do it in, oh. they do it in everyone's story at the same time, no matter where they are in the map. And then mm -hmm. they like force you to watch the tension rising on every part of the map to the point that like it's it's pretty overwhelming. Um, it's got yeah. it's got some That's like from a storytelling perspective, <laughs> characters are solid, but like the universe they paint gets a little weird sometimes. Just like in the first one, I thought though, like in the first one, you know they like go by a waterfall and they can talk as loud as they want, and you're just like, why don't you mm -hmm. live here? You know, like, why would you live anywhere <laughs> else? Like, how it should have ended. They lived by a waterfall in peace the rest of their lives. See it. You know, like, that's... Yeah, and this, right. one, this one has some moments like that, too, where it just seems like, why would you do that? You know, like, or or just a few confusion things. Like, these things are from space? Is that is that what's going on? Yeah, they're, they're, can, from, they're aliens, yeah. You can fly a spaceship without eyes? In the vast nothingness yeah. of space that has no audio because there's a vacuum. It'd be easier. <laughs> well, it, no, because be there's, easier there's like... no audio. <laughs> you can't bounce anything <laughs> off of anything. Yeah, but you don't you don't need to if you're like you have a ship that can track things. No, I don't know. How do you make a ship that can track things if it can't hear? If you can't. How do we see? know that these are the intelligent forms on, on the ships? Well, I thought about that, but if you were intelligent, why would you create non-seeing aliens and send them down to a planet to clear it out for you? Testing. I have, 
I have many questions on the sci-fi front, but I I love it. It's great. I don't I don't care. I just it's the same thing as the first one. Like live by the waterfall, you doofus. Um, I honestly I think that'd be so impractical to have to live next to a waterfall your entire life, like because then they could still hear you. As like if they were there, they could aliens. still hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, and then. Um, in this one, I think they, they kind of solved the problem a lot better by realizing that they can't swim, um, which, again, we see another alien movie where the aliens come to a planet where they can't swim, even though the planet is majority water. It's true. Congratulations, aliens. You've done it again. Water is your weakness. So apparently that's, yeah. that's what we have to do is just take them out. Any, anytime aliens show up, just make sure you have some wa- like a spray bottle of water ready and just spray them down. Yeah, the signs movie. Just make that the expect at this point. Aliens and water don't mix. I guess um, we uh, we could talk about you know more of the movie, but honestly, like it it's your general scary movie. I mean, if you're looking for the plot because you're not going to see it, or you've already seen it, or you just need to rehash it while you're listening, they leave their home the main characters from the first movie leave their home they end up in uh they run into an old friend that they knew and then the girl decides to try to take that frequency that she's learned can kill you know aliens or freak them out so that she can kill an alien she wants to go to a radio station to project it which is on an island where a safe community has formed because they realize aliens can't cross the water and that's that's the general story that's going on throughout this movie. Um, but as far as like spiritual things go, like sometimes when you're watching a movie, there's just like something hooks into you. You know, as a Christian, you're like, ooh, that that's deep right there. I didn't really get a lot of that with this one, but there's still some stuff no. that I can I can get to. You know, I, some of it's stuff we've already talked about before, like with the apocalyptic side of things. There's always this yeah. question of like. How bad does humanity get? What does ethics look like when you get to that? You know, like like Noah was blameless for his time, which makes you wonder how blameless he really was. He lives in an apocalyptic world where everything's horrible and like he's a good guy within that world. But like, how good are you? Same with Lot, right? The things Lot does and says, not great. But he also lived in a place where things were even worse than the things that he suggested and did. So it's like when you're looking at these apocalyptic yeah. mindsets, you get that with this movie where the guy they meet up with, he's like, you don't want to go meet the other people. You don't know what's what they've become and what all of this has done to them. And you meet them and you're like, oh, yeah, this is pretty bad. Like another part that didn't really make sense, you steal someone's someone from you in a quiet world like of course they're gonna scream and get you killed like it's not that hard <laughs> but <laughs> that's i right feel there. like they were going to just take their stuff but by taking their stuff was going to be the problem because they needed that hearing aid like pretty bad it seems like they were going to take maybe her as well but i think they were going to leave him and he could have gotten himself out of there um fairly easily because uh, I, I think killing him would have been too difficult because, yeah, he would have just started screaming. But, I mean, they they leave it open enough for me. Uh, 
to be able to say like yeah i i can see that there, there could be a problem there like in, in the storytelling <laughs> live I, i'm like i can see how that could be a problem but they leave it open enough to where you could explain it through like the situation of the world like these are people trying to survive they haven't figured out that they could get to an island uh and in that they've they've been using what they've had as a community like obviously that was like a fishing community in some sense so they were using tools of like fishermen to like you know hunt other humans to be able to take their resources so that their family can survive it's really basic like the walking dead style of uh you know apocalyptic stuff so it felt like the walking dead at that point and i was like mm -hmm. oh we're in the walking dead again i feel like we're watching a zombie movie um but then it kind of got back to like the island um which always in every zombie movie they're like we can't go to the islands and i'm always like well why um <laughs> so i'm liking that they actually chose the island approach to these like monsters and everything because it makes sense. Like they aren't from earth. If they invaded a place with humans, we don't know why they invaded earth. We don't, I don't know if we'll ever know that. Um, it'd be cool to get an origin story, but maybe like through a book or a comic or something and not through like the movies. I'd prefer those stayed. Spiritual applications. Yeah. Lay it on. The spiritual us. application that I see from this is essentially from the same idea of like loving your neighbors. So in the more of the sense of the good Samaritan story, um, these, people uh have nothing like left you know kind of a thing and as you said there's uh there's that idea of in, a, in a, an apocalyptic or in a uh very like harsh harsh world environment um some people can still be called righteous and everything but there's still like the idea that even if we live in a world like that even if we live in a world where um the, the world is kind of ended as the way we knew it are we still called to follow those like morals that we have kind of come to know? Are these beings tr that are trying to kill us, are they sentient or are they just monsters that have no ability? It sounds like they can communicate in some way. I mean, they echolocate. So you'd think they, by being able to space travel, they'd be able to communicate with each other. But if they can't, and these aren't the actual aliens, like, you know, is killing these things even right is a question you'd, you'd ask if you were a philosopher. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and you continue on down those roads of, you know, especially killing humans or like being put in like violent situations. Uh, a lot of the time we see Jesus saying that like, he, he wasn't living in the most, you know, the, the most, um, highly civilized place at the time. I mean, back then, no place was highly civilized compared to what we're doing today, you know? So he was living in a world of very, you know, people, the people were able to ch chant that they wanted them to die. And, and the person in charge was like, okay. So, you know, it's not exactly the same level of, you know, justice system that we have going on in our world. But Jesus still preached to, to when somebody hurts you, to essentially say, okay, do it again, I guess, you know, like one more time, is, is it going to help buddy? <laughs> um, mm. and, and so even in this world, this post-apocalyptic world, I feel like we're still called, um, if, if this were to happen to us, and this is what I love about, you know, post-apocalyptic like literature and, and uh, entertainment 
is putting ourselves in this scenario, what would we do? Well, I feel like Jesus would still call me to be the person that he wants us to be, you know? And in Revelation, I feel like the world is kind of in a post-apocalyptic scenario for a lot of it. And it sounds like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't call the Christians that are still here to uh, change who they are and change the practices that he taught them. Instead, he teaches them more to lean into them and to practice them harder. So uh, I'd say that uh, it's interesting to me to see how the general like public probably would react to an apocalyptic scenario versus, you know, uh, Christians might react to an apocalyptic scenario of like, yeah. oh, well, uh, I am, I'm not stealing from you. Can we try to work this out? No, you're going to kill me. Okay, well, yep. yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's part of the hard part, too, is I would call what we experienced over the last few years with COVID. And many years. Like, and like, well, I was just say COVID and Trump, uh, to oh. some extent, we've watched apocalyptic scenarios play out, you know, between like uh, many apocalypses of like power and and pandemic all experienced at the same time. And, you know, the difficulty for me is like watching Christian reaction within that time has not looked like what book of revelation would be like look here comes apocalyptic times will the christians still pursue humility and meekness and the willingness to subject their power to jesus and suffer and like it felt like in a mini apocalypse that we've watched the last few years like it was a complete opposite like no we need power we need no one to tell us what to do we need to not care about others like it's all about me and that you know for me yeah. That was hard. Like I'm wearing the shirt right now. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb, and the whole thing of the last few years was like, either I pledge allegiance to myself or I pledge allegiance to whatever candidate that I like. So, before I completely rabbit trailed down that direction, that that is what's difficult for me, and I think part of the reason that I was so frustrated the last few years is like this is not focused on Jesus at all. Everybody, come on, you know, um, yeah. But even back to what you were saying, like with aliens, like how would you treat aliens? C.S. Lewis has the best writing on all of that. Like he, there's just a, it's an essay or an interview that he did somewhere where he just like thought over it in every direction. Like, okay, so let's say we find out there are aliens. First thing that we should probably be thinking about is evangelism, you know, like <laughs> tell yeah. them about Jesus. You know, I was like, okay, interesting place to to start thinking. And, and then like the next thing is like, are they good and benevolent creatures uh, or are they just pure evil? And he's like, we've always had a word for that. And if they're pure evil, maybe we've just thought of it in like spiritual terms, but maybe this is more or less, he seemed to be inferring, maybe this is what demons actually are type thing. And a quiet place like, uh, you know, that, that always, I think, becomes a question in the grander scheme of alien conversations is mm -hmm. could God have made life elsewhere? I'd say, undoubtedly has it been here i doubt it but like in two trillion galaxies is there other life gods made i would say probably the main question then as to how um it should be treated is a we're made in the image of god so how do we treat it but then b is it possible on another planet that they're made in the image of god and i think a quiet place the world that they make shows like these things are 
not not. like well either they're made in the image of god and they are completely corrupt (laughs) uh or they're just animals though or they're just animals is the other route i was gonna go you know in which case you know you'd look at it more as like a a rabid raccoon coming to like destroy you because that's basically the way they act what if those are zombies so what if like they were space traveling and there was a parasite in space that turned them into zombies i like this right and then that's why they have like the that's why they landed on earth is it was just like the place where the ship like broke apart and landed it was just like random chance Dude, I'm gonna send that to John Krasinski. I got a good idea for <laughs> for a Quiet Place Three. <laughs> well, I was thinking it over it this morning when I was trying to figure out like how would you fly a spaceship if you can't see anything. I concluded maybe that was a meteor and it just landed, and there happened to be a a few little things that evolved on the meteor. That doesn't make sense either. Why would you evolve in the direction of hearing things if you're in the vacuum of space? So I don't know. No matter which way I spin this, I can't create a backstory. <laughs> Well, I've also thought, like, what if these are just the animals of the people that came? Like, that was my first thought. Like, these yeah. aren't the, these are just, like, their, like, dogs that they released upon the world to, like, take us out before, like, they mm-hmm. they came and, like, invaded it. Because, like, every Invader movie, it's just, like, the most powerful person walks onto the planet and then gets taken out by Earth's Mightiest Heroes, you know, and, like, the Avengers and, like, every superhero movie. So it makes a lot yeah. more sense that, like, in a world like this, the the, like, aliens would just be, like, no, nah, just just send our dogs that are going to clean up these guys. Anything left over, we'll take out, you know? Um, so I'm wondering if that's what's, what's, what's going to happen uh, or if it's going to be something totally weird and, like, they're going to be, like, I don't even know. What if they're just, like, they can hear in space? Like, they have, like, a really cool, like, way of, like, using, like, uh, like, bending, like, the way that, like, sound travels like in their minds like how they do things like they have technology that allows it to like transmit signals like radio waves or something through space that'd be kind of cool and that's why the radio wave like interferes with them is because they use radio waves yeah well i imagine as they keep telling the story (laughs) they're probably going to go the walking dead route where it's like uh we we don't care about the zombies or the aliens or how they came to be or why they're here. We're just here to tell you people's stories who know nothing about what's going on. Actually, I think even in the walking dead, uh, the creator's like biggest, like he hated that. He tried to tell one story in the TV show where they run into like the place where like it was made or something like that. He's like, why did I even do that? I never did that in the comics. I wish I would have done it in the TV show. Like, forget about the background of where zombies came from. I'm just focused on these people. And I think, which I'm totally cool with, with zombies. Cause we have so many zombie movies. Like it doesn't matter. He's trying to tell a different kind of story, but like this one, I want to know more about the, the monster <laughs> eventually. I don't need it to be in the movies. Like I don't need it to be in the movies. It can yeah. be in the background. It can be a cool, like, uh like book kind of a thing too like where they could write a book or it could be an interview with john krasinski where he says you know this is my head canon you know i'm never gonna make it official on screen but here's what i think like i just want something um you know something that's not the uh what's it called the the paradox movie with the how the the giant monster kaiju american kaiju movie (laughs) 
Cloverfield? What's that one called? Oh, Cloverfield. The Cloverfield Parrot. I just hope it doesn't go down like that kind of a route and get really stupid and overcomplicated. Yeah. Have you watched the Cloverfield Paradox yet? <sighs> Cloverfield's one of my favorite movies. The other, like that final one makes no sense to me at all. So <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it just got really convoluted, really stupid, really quickly. And I was like, oh, this is such a good movie. Like the first one was so good and the rest of these are just so bad. Yeah. So well, I was hoping it wasn't going to go that route. Now that I see that I, they have good control over the movie, like the series, like I'm really excited to see where it goes from here, honestly. Yeah. And it is the ending. What's really cool about the ending is like, you almost feel this, like we're setting up the next generation to take the keys and see where things go. Yep. They, and I, I guess right before I go, I got to take my kids to their soccer game. Um, one of the other things that stood out to me, I've been reading through Romans lately. And when Paul's talking about resurrection and the new heavens and new earth, he says, hope is hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what they can see. But if Mm -hmm. hope for what we do not see, sorry, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience, which when I was thinking over just spiritual themes in this movie, you know, I, Obviously, this movie's not about resurrection or new heavens or new earth, but it stood out to me since I've been reading Romans lately. Um, it, it stood out to me as like this. They didn't put their hope in something that like they could totally grasp and see. I mean, to some extent, it was like, no, don't. You're a, you're a deaf girl trying to traverse the world to an island that probably doesn't have anybody on it. You know, like everything's against you. <laughs> And like for them, it was just like don't don't even. We're just gonna live in this little factory until we die. You know that that was like that was what they could see, and that was where they, where many of them, at least the adults, were like, this is where we put our hope. Just dying as peacefully as possible, or trying our best to survive. Whereas this girl who's hoping against what she can't hear, you know. Like she, she puts an incredible amount of faith into the hope for a better world. Maybe we can get the sound out there. Maybe we can then perceive of taking over these aliens. Maybe people will just happen to have it on when an alien shows up, you know? Uh, And so she puts her hope somewhere else into a different kind of future hopes for it. And ultimately is able to, to craft a future in that direction though nobody else could see it. And I think that's kind of what resurrection is about for us too, is the resurrection isn't just something that's coming. We're putting our hope in it. And because we hope in it, we're starting to craft the resurrection in what ways we can right now. When we build orphanages, when we take care of the poor, when we take care of uh, uh, the addicted and all these things, that's us like putting our hope in resurrection and creating things now that already live into the resurrection life. And so that was, that was the biggest kind of like spiritual overlapping theme that I could think to bring to this conversation, even though I understand it's, it's not the, like, <laughs> it's not yeah. what the movie's getting at. You know, it works. It works. <laughs> I'll take it. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's not a movie that's trying to be spiritual in any way. Um, which I respect because a lot of, you know, monster movies do tend to try to like bring in a spiritual element. And I'm usually like, this is dumb. This is stop. You don't need to mentally like have a telepathic connection with King Kong. I don't understand this. 
Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it's 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 like that kind of a thing, you know. I, uh, I I appreciate them kind of just making a movie about what if they were aliens? What if they didn't have sight and they used echolocation? They crashed on Earth and now we have to survive. What does that look like? And that's just a cool premise and it works really well. And I think John Krasinski is really showing his chops as a uh, horror horror uh, like director, film from filmographer, everything, because um, he's really the lead on this kind of a thing. So I don't know. It's really showing to me that he's really, really diverse in his ability to uh, to work with film. So I was genuinely surprised by the first one, and I'm genuinely surprised by the second one that he's able to continue a series, specifically a horror series. Can you think of other horror movies that get, like, actually good sequels? Because I don't have many. Uh, not often, no. <laughs> no. So like, yeah. I'm, I'm literally blown away that he's able to do something that most directors haven't been able to do. And he's not just directing, he's writing all of this too, which is even cooler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I will um, say, oh, good. No, no. Uh, I was just say, I, 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 I feared with them putting it off a year and a half, like you're building up too much pressure sequels never are that great you know like yeah, <laughs> we're all gonna go true. see this and all be really ticked off and like no it, this was a first off all movies you see in movie theaters are a grade better than they used to be because there's just nothing to go see but like this That's one true. is beyond that this one was just this was a good movie and worth going to a movie theater to to enjoy so long as you don't sit next to the person who's what are they doing how they well hang on eating my popcorn and drinking my drink really really loudly somebody behind us at the beginning of the movie scrum like had a bag crinkling and i was like oh don't do this through the whole movie don't do it i'm not doing yeah. this again i got that person <laughs> in the first movie but in the second i was far enough away from you i didn't have that happen but yeah uh with that a quiet place too it's a great movie if you enjoy that kind of genre um just kind of throws you into the story and says what would you do uh, that that would be kind of the basic gist but the tension and i i love it when pg-13 can pull this off the tension is just really really high without it having to be gross and over the top and bloody yeah. and all that so uh with all that being said uh this is 1208-bit nerd church podcast join us on mondays to play games with us we're trying out a new one this upcoming monday i don't remember what it's called it's supposed to be kind of like a dodgeball something yeah something like that <laughs> cross platform free to play at least for the first bit so join us for that uh at 6 p.m on our discord and come chat with us about this episode on our discord as well or like our page on facebook uh, outside of all that, Tyler will give you the final words. Be up, boot the do, discipline.